interesting you mentioned Ricky Gervais. I, I watched a, um, I think it's, it was a repeat because it was on like Dave or something. Mm. Um, and um, Frank Skinner does a does a, a show called Room One Hundred One, taken mm. from nineteen eighty four, and it's, he basically has a you know a trio of celebrities on um, who put their pet peeves. They argue for their pet peeves to be put in Room One Hundred One and locked up forever. Yeah. And there's a whole range of these. And Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, the comedian, the Scottish comedian. Uh, Frankie Boyle. Is that his name? Frankie Boyle. That's yeah. right. Thank you. Frankie Boyle was on, yeah. um, and he's you know he's a, he's a, he's a, you know self-confessed atheist. Yeah. Um, but he wants to put um, celebrity atheists, yeah. like like Ricky Gervais, into yeah. Room One Hundred One. Yeah. Um, and although he didn't articulate, I mean, he's he's quite an articulate man. Um, mm. I, I quite like Frankie Boyle. But um, um, although he didn't particularly articulate it in this way, um, he he was kind of making the point that well. You know, who are these people um, to undermine somebody else's metaphysic? Mm. Um, you know, in a sense, does a metaphysic have to be objectively true, mm. um, or does it, or does it only have to, to does it only have to work mm. uh, in a way? And maybe we can't, we maybe we can never identify whether whether any metaphysic is objectively true. So the only question to ask is, does it have any kind of practical use, practical utility? So he's saying, well, you know, so he was kind of saying, well, you know, if there are people, you know, he said, I don't, but if there are people who, you know, believe in a God hmm. uh, and believe in the supernatural and have that kind of metaphysic, which allows them to function effectively hmm. in, in the world and to make sense of, of the world in, in their own kind of local way. Yeah. Um, who are we? To, to, to tell them otherwise. I mean, as long yeah. as they're not going around burning people at the stake and make to, to, to make everybody kind of do the same thing as they're doing, because yeah. um, that's another issue. That's that's not it's that's like, not metaphysics. That's, that's an ethic. But I mean, yeah. you know, it's like it they're works, fighting they're fighting the wrong fight. Because I remember, mm. like you know, um, before I kind of had a change of heart, I remember thinking, um, you know, we can't waste time with this, you know, uh, mm. religion stuff. Mm. You know, we can't. It's it's, it's um, it's um, it's damaging and and and, uh, and the, but the the fight is against really is against people who are uh, maybe pushing religion for their own ends. You know the, the political side of it. Mm. Um, you know vested interests, institutions, and stuff like that. Mm. And as you said, there's other people. You know, is it really wrong for people to believe in an afterlife? You know, mm. you might say to them, "Oh, you, you know, uh, do, do you really want to, you know, get uh, talk to an old lady saying you're stupid for believing in afterlife?" You know, mm. if they mm. if they feel like uh, it's making made it gives them peace, yeah. uh, they're going to see yeah. their you know their relatives. What's you know what is really wrong with that? You know, yes, uh, absolutely. So, and there's yeah. no, and, and the thing is, you know, the fun. I mean, philosophically. The function of a belief in an afterlife, for example, uh, may not be anything to do with whether or not objectively there is an afterlife. The function of a belief in an afterlife is is because we can never know that. Even the you know the, the, the devout little old lady or whoever it is who mm. can firmly believes, mm. there is no way that they can engage with the reality of whatever an afterlife might look like. There is no there, mm. we've got no we've got no terms of reference to understand what that might look like. Yeah. Um, so as far as she's concerned. What that's doing, that what that metaphysical belief is doing, is providing her with a way of of living in the world that yeah. she finds herself in, uh, and that will affect her values, and that will affect the way she sees other people, and that will affect her ethics, and that will affect her politics, and that will affect her attitude to the environment. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So mm. that metaphysical belief in an afterlife mm. um, 
has you know could and you know does serve a perfectly legitimate role mm. um as 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 a way of i mean it's it's a kind of you know it's a kind of hermeneutical key it's a way of unlocking uh, an understanding of the world mm. and if that works for you uh as it is, as long as you're not as long as you're not kind of you know organizing some kind of like pogrom or some sort of jihad to make everybody else do the same thing yeah. if that's genuinely a way that you can structure the universe and create a narrative that works for you. Um, but maybe that's the function of a metaphysic. Mm. You know, um, mm. some people have a metaphysic which, which is, which, you know, as as Hume says, some people have a metaphysic which is which is based on a belief that that you know science and natural law are universal and and uh, enduring. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of you know absolutely concrete. You know, there's no way you can justify that. I mean, I, I said I am not a scientist in any sense of the, of, of the word, um, mm. but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put money on um, the laws of the universe working exactly the same mm, mm. in a different part of the universe. You know, gazillions of light years away. How do I know? I mean, we can assume that that's the case. Yeah. Um, that they they function exactly the same. I have no idea. Um, you know. Uh, you don't know whether they, 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 they work exactly the same in every part of the universe um, for every person or whether they're going to remain the same. I mean, you know, Hume says you, know, you have to kind of assume it, but I mean, tomorrow the, the, the rules could change. Um, you, you have to believe they're not going to. You're going to have to believe they're not going to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's with, um, uh, with the tools of, uh, of science. Is we've, you know, we've built, built the world, you know, built the modern world. Um, uh, but it, it's it's a um, I like the, the way they, they they keep having to you know start again rub things out you know that, like um, uh, they're going to send a probe to uh, a planet and um, and uh, based on the information we have the data we have this planet's going to look like this mm. you know um, uh, uh, the clouds if there's clouds there'll be at uh, three hundred thousand feet or something like that. and they go there and there's no clouds um, only. <laughs> At the bottom, you know, somewhere else. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, that's different. I have to rub that out. So it's the idea. It is what we've got. It's the tools we've got, isn't it? It's like the mm. science is the tools we've got to use, rather than rather than saying the whole universe is like this. It's like this for now, mm. in the way we yeah. understand it. Yes. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. you get um, into um, dogma, don't you? Absolutely. And you know, human beings have have routinely redrawn the maps. Mm. Um, as they've experienced or have encountered different things, or need the or need the universe to make sense in a different way. I mean, we are perfectly we are perfectly capable of saying, you know, I don't like I don't like the way things are going here. I don't like the way we're seeing the universe. Mm. I don't like the way we're seeing the world at the moment. So, for good or ill, you will get somebody saying will pop up with a new metaphysic, a new ideology based yeah. on a, um, uh, some sort of saying. Okay, well, let's see the world this way, and let's see the world in 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 a in a, in a way where there are you know. You know, certain people in it have greater value than others, mm. or let's see the world in in a way where um, you know the the mach- you know, machines are the enemy, or let's see the world in a way that you know um, all green growing things are, are somehow superior. I mean, there's a whole bunch of just new ways yeah. you can, but these are all choices you make. You know, you establish a metaphysic based on 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 choice, an existential choice. Here. I choose to understand the universe this way, and it might well be that once you've done that. And and you you're prepared to you know you're prepared to live. It's like oh, we've mentioned this before, but it always just it always gives me a chuckle. It's like that Monty Python sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this before. There's just a short Monty Python sketch where the count where a local council mm-hmm. have hired um, a hypnotist 
uh, the great Marvel or something, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and his beautiful assistant, yeah. um, to 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 hypnotise people to, into believing that they're living in luxury blocks of flats, yeah. um, because it's cheaper to get somebody to, 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 to hypnotise you and to actually build the flats. And, you know, they're interviewing these people in these flats going, oh, do you like them? Oh, yeah, they're really good. They're really much better than the slum that I was in before. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel to, to actually be living in, in the, a figment of somebody else's imagination? You know what? I'd never really thought about that before. And as soon as he starts thinking about it yeah. and focusing on it, then you can see these lots of flats starting to fall over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh no no no, this is great, it's great, really enjoying it, it's really enjoying it, and then the kind of the building kind of re, kind of writes itself. Um, and I think that's kind of how you know it, it's sort of in a, in a playful way mm. how how a metaphysic works. Eventually, when you look, if you if you examine it too hard, yeah, you'll start seeing actually, I am I am literally living in a block of flats um, that has no actual foundation at all. Yeah, it's this is literally. A belief I have, mm. and it's founded on that, and everything else then can kind of you know they can kind of grow on that, and everything else can kind of fit on that. But the underlying underlying foundation is 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 um is a metaphysical fiction that you are comfortable with, mm. I yeah. think, <laughs> <laughs> possibly maybe. Um, but if you, but if you, once once you you know I mean we could we could talk about this for ages, but I mean once you've actually established that. You know what is what are your basic beliefs about the universe? You know, is it going to be the same as it was today? Is it going to be the same tomorrow as it was today? Is there a god or some supernatural power behind it? Mm. Are there laws that will never change? Yada yada yada. What is it? Yeah. You know, once you've once you've decided what you're going to work with, then the next stage, I think, which you tend to find in in, in again in the classical philosophers, is is coming up with some sort of ontology. What, you know, the nature of being. So, okay, so once we've established the the overarching metaphysic, which kind of you know creates sense out of your universe whatever mm. that might be okay what are the things what kind of things are there in the universe so you've got the kind of greek philosophers as we said before the cosmologists saying okay well the world what's it made out of mm. what kind of stuff is it made out of what are we what can we do with this stuff can you we combine these things together mm. can we break them apart um, is one kind of stuff better than another kind of stuff um, so you had people discussing, you know, the ontology of human beings. You know, what exactly is a human being? Mm. Is it an animal? Is it, you know, is it a vegetable? Is it a mineral? Um, is it in the divine image? Um, you know, what is God? You know, again, we can't really speculate because that overlaps with with the metaphysical d discussions. But once you've established that, you can start saying, okay, well, what is the being? What what would a supreme being be like? You know, mm. what what kind of stuff would it be made of to make it function as a supreme being? And why? How would that be different to what we are? Mm. Um, uh, and then you get lots of debates about you know, well, you know, supreme being has to be self-generating, has to be kind of self-authenticating and self-creating, whereas we are not. We are we are dependent beings. Yeah. And as soon as you start establishing that human beings are dependent ontologies, mm. then we start asking questions about what are we dependent on? Mm. And then that leads us to all kinds of discussions as you were saying earlier on about about the need for for collaboration and for community and so on as soon as you start saying well as human beings we are not our own answer we you know we weren't we didn't exist and then we do exist and then we are dependent on a whole bunch of stuff throughout our existence uh before you know we we, we you know we, we we jettison at the other end so um what are the things that we are dependent on well i i, I think about um this there's two things here when we talk about the the, the main thing is um, very much hippie, you know. It's like mm. the Gaia idea, you know. Yeah, we're yeah. on we're on this we're on this uh, planet, and we're, we're we're part of it rather than rather mm. than the overlords of it. 
At this point, by the way, anybody who could, obviously you can't see what we're doing, you're just listening in. Uh, Danny is tie-dying a T-shirt. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to let you know about that. Peace and love. Yeah, man. Uh, if only. Sorry, carry on. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, and then I had this, I had this kind of idea the other day. It's kind of um, not fully... Uh, I need to work on it a bit. Um, about how um, we are... We more and more kind of set. We separate um, human beings. We separate that from nature, uh, us from nature, ourselves from nature. We separate ourselves from nature, and um, you know we think we're intelligent, and we and we got we got language, and we and we create things, and um, uh, uh, literature, and institutions, and stuff like that. And is it possible to try to remember or try to put us back into the idea that we're just an expression of Earth? Everything we're, you know, everything we're doing is mm. a natural expression of Earth. We're destroying the planet, mm. but is that in some in some way a kind of a cycle, you know, a, a kind of a, something that's happening because mm. you know, I don't know. It's 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 uh, yeah. not fully worked on that idea. Mm. No, no. I mean, that, that, I, I I I I dig that. I mean, it's it's I make, and it makes sense. I mean, it's certainly something that's been fairly popular. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about Hegel, mm. and Hegel has that view. That you know we are in a sense, or, you know, our ontology, the kind of beings we are, mm. are are components of a much larger existence. Mm. We are, we are, you know, we are star stuff. We are part of the entire universe. Mm. Uh, we are, you know, so there is no that you know the idea of a kind of a subject-object distinction. That ontology is broken up into you know things that are you, a thing that is you, and the things that aren't you. Mm. Um, you have people like Hegel, for example, saying, "Well, actually, that's just that's just a, a, a misunderstanding of the nature of existence, yeah. which is what ontology is about discussing existence." Um, so he's saying, "Well, actually, we are all part of the universal existence, coming to a greater awareness of itself mm. through opposition." So, you know, through the things we encounter, through the people we see and the things we encounter, um, we start to think of ourselves, oh, well, you know, this is me um, and and uh, over there is a plant uh, and those are two separate things. And then it's kind of, well, you know, this is me, um, but that plant um, is actually growing some tomatoes and I'm going to eat those tomatoes for my tea later on tonight. And so they're going to become part of me. Mm. Um, uh, at some point, not to put too fine a point on it, you know, mm. I will then... Um, return elements of that back into the world. Mm. And so there's a cycle going on here. So perhaps the distinction between me and the plant world is not as, as clear cut as it might look. Mm. Um, maybe there is a much clear, you know, a much closer integration. And then Hegel says, you know, as you start encountering the other, the other person, the other entity, the other thing, the other idea, um, you start to realize that these are just alienated parts of you. Mm. Or part of alienated parts of a much larger existence, which you're part of, and that kind of Gaia hypothesis um, very much kind of feeds feeds into that. It's Lovelock, isn't it? I don't it's know. Lovelock. I, don't know. I think yeah, Lovelock. A guy called Lovelock came up with the kind of Gaia hypothesis, and you see it in a number of religions as well. The very kind of pantheistic religions, for example, where we you know, we are all all part of a kind of a divine entity mm. and hegel says we are all heading towards becoming one universal spirit at the moment we're kind of fragmented mm. um and we see this you know in in our world we see this that we are all fragmented <laughs>